this morning, of course, on a resurrection theme. John's Gospel, chapter 20. We want to talk about that resurrection evening. We often talk about the morning, but there was an appearance at night, and I believe the Lord wants to speak to us this morning about the sermon from His scars, the sermon from His scars. John's Gospel, the 20th chapter and verse 19 of the Bible says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after He said this, He showed them His hands and His side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw that it was the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about that resurrection evening. The news that Jesus had risen and was alive began to spread among His followers, at first with hesitation, but then with enthusiasm. But at first, even the disciples, they didn't believe the first reports. But whenever a person did and was confronted with the reality that Jesus was alive, their lives were never the same. And that's what we see in our text. In fact, that is the question we have to ask ourselves this morning. We ask ourselves, have I personally met the risen Christ? Has He changed my life? For those of us that can say amen to that, we um, testify that it's a great blessing to know and serve a risen Savior. After all, a dead Savior can't save anyone. A dead Savior can help or lift up any life. But we know that one glad morning, because He lives, we shall live also. But also we know that this day, this very hour, in our present hour of trial or, or reality, because Jesus is alive, we have a Savior who is forever with us. We have one whose power and care and comfort is always available to us because we serve a risen Savior, not a religious relic, not a man-ordained philosophy. We have someone that walks with us and talks with us, who counsels us in the midnight hour, who comforts us when we're going through the trials of life. He takes us each step of the way as we walk through this journey of faith. I want to talk a few minutes about the resurrection evening and the sermon that's in the scars. We'll break it up like this. Number one, the disciples are hiding. Secondly, Jesus is appearing. And then lastly, the risen Savior is speaking. The disciples were hiding. Jesus made five appearances on that day of His resurrection. This is the final one that is recorded. And we see the disciples were hiding. The doors were locked. For fear of the Jews. They feared the Jewish rulers who had just put Jesus to death. Their lives were suddenly thrown into confusion and, and transition. Something they weren't asking for. Something they weren't ready for. They had just experienced terrible sorrow and disappointment. When Jesus was taken, arrested, falsely accused, and then crucified. Their yesterday was grievous. Their future was uncertain. 
unfulfilled expectations and crushed dreams and enemies prowling about. The doors were shut, the Bible says. The doors were locked. Then suddenly, unexpectedly, there stood Jesus in their midst. Man, He knows how to make an entrance, does He not? He knows how to break through the fear and the stress of the present hour and proclaim to His people, Peace be with you. Shalom, blessing, victory, grace. Whatever you're going through, if you know Jesus, heaven's word for you is peace. Whatever you're facing in your past, whatever you don't know about that's coming in the future, heaven's word for those that love Him and serve Him. Peace be unto you. I'm with you and I'm for you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You don't have to look into the sanctuary. You don't have to run to a relic. I'll abide with you by my Spirit and I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The disciples were hiding, but then Jesus was appearing and I'm glad He knows how to show up just when we need Him. Praise God that such things like locked doors, timid hearts, enemies without, cannot keep the Savior from drawing near to His people in their moment of need. Doors of failure, doors of doubt, doors of sorrow, disappointment, doors that would keep others away. We know when we rejoice this morning, things that limit us do not limit Jesus. Things that are impossible for man are not impossible for the risen Son of God. He draws near and He knows what to say just when we need to hear it. He came on time and He came. He came on through. He broke the barriers. He made Himself known to His people. I thank the Lord that He knows where we are and He knows just what we need. He knows what you need this morning. And He knows where your life is and where it's headed this morning. And He's got a good word for you. It's a word of love. It's a word of come unto Me. It's a word of trust in Me. It's a word that says believe My promise and I'll capture your life. Trust in My Word and I'll walk with you through every valley every shadow, every trial, and every test. God knows where you're sitting. God knows the road and the things you are facing. But His Word to you is one of hope. His Word to you is one of peace. His Word to you is one of invitation. If you'll come to Me, I'll forgive you. If you put your trust in Me, I'll commit Myself to you. Oh, friends, He's not just a risen Savior that did a hocus-pocus trick. He rose again that He could forever be our shepherd and our Savior, our helper and our God. I thank the Lord that Jesus knows how to get through the doors. And Jesus knows how to get through to us. How many are glad this morning He got through to you? (laughs) How many are glad He got through to you? Can you say amen? Oh, for many of us, there was a time we shut Him out. We closed the door. We didn't want Him drawing near, but His grace wouldn't leave us alone. His love was relentless in His pursuit. We tried to do this. We tried to do that. But those things could not keep the amazing grace of a loving, living Savior 
from wrapping His arms around us and calling us unto Himself. And I'm so glad that Jesus didn't give up on me and He didn't give up on you, but He went through those barriers and He made Himself known and He made Himself real till finally our ears came alive and our hearts were awakened and we said, yes, Lord, we will respond. We will respond. Doors that lock men out can't lock Him out. For He alone is mighty to save. The disciples are hiding and Jesus is appearing. And now, listen, the risen Savior is speaking. He shows them His hands. He shows His side. And the Bible says, the disciples were overjoyed. John 16 and verse 22. John 16 and verse 22. Jesus had prepared them for this moment. Jesus had prepared them. He said, I'm going away. I'm going away. And you'll grieve for a while. Here it is. He says, now is your time of grief. He just got done saying, I'm leaving. I'm going to the cross. And they said, don't leave us, Lord. Where are you going to go? Can't we come with you? He says, you can't come right now. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again. And you will rejoice. This is what's happening. And no one will take away your joy. You know, it's one thing to be religious. It's one thing to walk with your own personal moral code. But when you truly have a personal encounter with the risen Son of God, no one can take away that joy. No one can uproot that faith. No one can change it when you have a real experience with the risen Christ. Somebody say amen. There's a famous church out in Copenhagen, Denmark, and There's a statue of our Lord that shows Him alive with nail-pierced hands outstretched. He's in the middle of His disciples. There's six on one side, six on the other. The Apostle Paul taking the place of Judas. And visitors who pause and look at that statue, they're moved deeply because they do not see a victim, an emaciated Christ upon a cross. But rather they see a risen Lord displaying the battle scars of His triumph over death, standing among His own, commissioning them to faith and to service. This is the kind of vision that John the disciple gives us in our passage. When our Lord appeared to the disciples in that upper room, following His resurrection, the first thing He did was to show them His hands and to show them His side. And may the scars of the Savior speak to our hearts this morning and every morning. His scars speak, number one, of the Savior's identity. The disciples were glad and overjoyed when they saw it really was the Lord. The frightened disciples, especially Thomas, they would never have been convinced of the Savior's identity had had He not showed them His hands and His side. You see, these wounds meant much. They said much to the disciples that first resurrection evening. The scars of the Savior should speak to you and I this morning. The scars speak of the cross that He endured and the price that He paid to redeem and to rescue and to forgive you and to forgive me. 
The scars speak of a victory that won. For though they mercilessly wounded him and afflicted him, the wounds of men did not win. The scars they saw were not upon a dead martyr's corpse, but upon a victorious, risen, living Son of God, the conqueror of death, hell, and the grave. His scars, they speak of the sacrifice for us and His victory on behalf of us. The scars of Jesus speak of His great love for you. His willingness to die for you. The price He paid that you might know true and lasting forgiveness. The price He paid that you could become a son, a daughter of the living God. The scars of Jesus Christ, they speak of His great love for us. But they also speak of His great triumph for us. For again, those scars are not upon a relic, a martyr, and a mausoleum like they walk by Stalin's coffin. They walk by... These men of the past, wicked men. Oh no, these are scars that are on a very living Savior. One who rules and reigns with power and glory. I pray that you'd understand the scars of Jesus Christ speak of His love, but they also speak of His triumph. And because He triumphed, so can you. Because He overcame death, so shall you. Because He was victorious, we that have put our faith in Him, we can live this life as more than conquerors. We can live this life with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The scars of the Savior signify, number one, the Christ of Calvary. They saw the scars and they believed this is the one. This is the one who bled, who suffered and died. He showed them His hands and His side. You see, while the other disciples were fleeing and had deserted Him, John, and probably at a distance, Peter had witnessed the crucifixion. They watched as their Lord and their friend was nailed to that cross. They saw the spear being thrust into his precious side. And now the Jesus of Calvary was standing among them in risen power, showing them those hands, showing them that side. The scars confirmed to them that yes, this was the one nailed to that cross. This was the one who bled and suffered and died. This was the one who the prophet said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You know, back in the days... Uh, of the Civil War. You know, the, the rich, the rich, they got some benefits. The rich, um, they, they, they could pay someone to take their place if they had been drafted. If a rich person got drafted, you just pay some regular guy and, you know. I want to thank God this morning that nobody took Jesus' place. I want to thank God this morning for no one was worthy to do it anyhow, but I want to thank God. That on the cross of Calvary, no one took his place. For on that cross, he was taking my place and he was taking your place. I want to thank the Lord this morning that it was the just for the unjust. It was the innocent for the guilty. I want to thank the Lord for the Bible says, Though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. That through his suffering, you and I might become rich in faith, in salvation, in forgiveness, and in hope. When John describes the heavenly vision he receives years later in the book of Revelation, he speaks of Jesus and he describes him as seeing a lamb as though he had been slain. 
He speaks about a lamb now alive, but with the marks of Calvary. For you and for me, Jesus Christ will forever bear the scars of Calvary. And those scars show us His love for what He endured and the punishment He paid that you deserved and I deserved. But they also speak of His great power to save. For those scars are not on a dead relic. They're on a living Christ who loves you, who knows you, who desires you. He hears your cry. He knows your situation. And He reaches out with those hands and He calls you to come to Me and receive Me. And let Me embrace you and change you and save you. The scars speak to us about the Savior's identity. He is the Christ of Calvary. But He's also the Christ of victory. Hallelujah. The Christ of victory. We are here this morning because the grave could not hold Him and death could not keep Him. We're here today, not here to honor a philosophy, not here to somehow honor the founder of an old religion. We're not here to to, to just go through a ritual, an annual rite of religion, but we're here today to worship the One who rose from the dead seated at the right hand of the Father with all power and authority. The One that kicked the end out of the tomb and brought to you and I who will believe peace and joy, forgiveness, eternal and abundant life. Robert Lowry wrote the moving words about the Christ of victory. The One that once was dead, but now He lives forevermore. Maybe you'll remember some of these words. He wrote, Death cannot keep His prey, Jesus my Savior. For He tore the bars away, Jesus my Lord. Up from the grave He arose with a mighty triumph over His foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and He lives forever with His saints to reign. He arose, He arose. Hallelujah! Christ arose. He's not only the Christ of Calvary. There's been many martyrs, but they didn't rise from the dead. He's not just the Christ that went through a crucifixion for many were crucified back in those days. No, no. He's the one that was dead, but now lives forevermore. He is the one that went and paid the ugly price for our sins, but then He defeated death, hell, and the grave by rising again and showing Himself to be the triumphant One of God. See, no one but Jesus, the conqueror of God, could say those words, peace be with you. He said it twice. Their world seemed like it was falling apart. That evening, things were coming undone. But Jesus appears in their midst and says, peace unto you, twice. Whatever you're facing this morning, Jesus says, peace unto thee. Trust me. Lean on me. Put your burden upon me. I'll never fail you. I'll never forsake you. If I loved you so much then when you were a sinner doing your own thing to bear those scars, how much more now that you're my child and you're serving me and you're loving me and you're walking with me. He said, peace. And when he said those words to the disciples, peace be with you. We see it three different dimensions. It was a peace that canceled the guilt of the disciples. They had deserted and they had denied Him when He needed them the most. They had fled and they had failed. Yet when He appears, 
He declares peace. He declares forgiveness, salvation, another chance, a restoration. I'm comforted to think that when Jesus walked through those doors, when He appeared to the disciples at that hour, He did not appear and just reject them or disqualify them, but He came to restore them and recommission them to relationship and to service. And maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you failed somewhere along the way with your walk with the Lord. I want you to know those nail-scarred hands, they cry out to you this morning. The open wounds of the Savior, the open arms of the living God, they call out to you to come and receive forgiveness. Come and be restored. Come and be reclaimed again. If you respond to Him, He could have simply rebuked them. He could have simply rejected them. But just like He came to all of us when He found us in our depths of sin, His Word was not rejection, but acceptance. His word was not be banished from my sight. Instead, it was come unto me and let me change you and let me forgive you and let me work a divine work within you. The first thought when he said peace unto you, it was a peace that canceled their guilt and gave them a fresh start. And the Christ of Calvary, the Christ of Easter Sunday, is a Christ that calls to men saying, see my scars. They speak of my love for you and my willingness to receive you if you'll come to me. My willingness to forgive you if you'll come and ask me to forgive you. Let the scars speak to your heart this morning. Let what they represent never leave the mind and the memory. He spoke about a peace that canceled the guilt. And then he speaks about a peace that calmed their fears. The Bible says that they had locked those doors in fear of what lay without. And then when Jesus came within, they were startled. Luke's Gospel says they thought He was maybe a ghost or a spirit and they were frightened. But here, the word of peace speaks to you and I about fears being calmed. Jesus said peace. I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know what things in the past try to torment you. I don't know what your future holds and things that are unforeseen and unsuspected might intimidate you and bring anxiety into your life. But the living Savior has a good word for you. He says, peace be with you. Trust in me and I'll walk with you. Call on me and I'll never forsake thee. The Lord of glory who loves us with an everlasting love. He holds out those nail-scarred hands and He speaks peace unto thee. Whatever you're facing right now, whatever you're frightened about, whatever the thing is that's keeping you awake at night, Jesus reminds you that He is with you and He'll never forsake you. And the battle is the Lord's battle. And He'll fight the battle for you. Just come to Him and trust in Him and believe in the One that rose again and lives forevermore. Peace unto you. The sermon of the scars. That peace canceled their guilt. That peace calmed their fears. And that peace cleared their doubts. By the word of His peace, and by the proof of His wounds and His resurrection, doubts were fleeing. You know, it's so important to have a personal, Encounter and relationship with Jesus. 
Not a second-hand thing. Not a once-a-year thing. But it's so important to have a personal relationship with Him. When you meet Him personally, doubts are dispersed. And faith becomes real and firm and lasting. He purchased our peace by shedding His blood on the cross. He announces our peace by the power of His resurrection. Indeed, we serve a Christ of victory. And this same Jesus that walked through the doors that first Easter evening, that showed His disciples His scars and the proof, He's the same one that stands in our midst this morning with His arms open wide to whosoever will. If you failed, you can be forgiven. If you've strayed, you can return. If you're going through a challenge and a trial and you're not sure what tomorrow holds, you can come and by His Spirit, He'll wrap His loving arms around you and He'll give you comfort. He'll give you courage. He'll give you a calm that the world can't give, that a pill can't give. Oh, He's a wonderful Savior and He loves you and He calls you and He invites you to come. Cast your burden upon Me. Put your trust in Me and watch what I will do for you. The Savior's identity. The Savior's authority. Let me just close this with this. Philippians 2, verses 8 through 11. Philippians 2, verses 8 through 11. The scars speak of the Savior's identity. God died for you. It speaks of what He endured. Because the Bible is very clear, no matter how good you are, you're not good enough for God. That's why Jesus had to die. You see, we wouldn't have to go through all this if we were good enough. If you were good enough, why would God send His Son to be brutalized, assaulted, abused? He sent His Son because that was the only way that lost sinners like us could be made right with the Holy God. So when we see the scars, we recognize they speak of His love for us, for what He endured for us. Because the Bible is clear, I'm not going to heaven because I'm a good person. I'm not good enough. It's impossible for a man or woman to ever get right with a holy God with their own efforts. The Bible says it's by grace we're saved. No one can boast. All we can do is humble our hearts and receive God's provision. And that provision is Jesus Christ. So these scars, they speak of His love for us and the sacrifice, but they also speak of His power to save us, His power to heal us, His power to help us. But those scars are not on some mausoleum or some statue. They're on the risen Son of God who's ruling and reigning at this moment with all power and glory. And He stands here this morning, walking in our midst by His Spirit, Calling men to come. Calling people to trust Him. Put their faith in Him. You see, He was the Christ of Calvary. The Christ of victory. But He is the Christ with all authority. Because of what He did, God the Father bestowed upon Him power and authority and a name that is above every name. Because of Jesus' obedience, Going through the cross, enduring that shame, God the Father not only resurrected Him, but bestowed upon Him authority and power above all else. The Bible says about Jesus and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled Himself 
and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, because Jesus took those scars, because Jesus endured that shame and that sorrow, therefore God the Father exalted Him to the highest place and gave Him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, those scars are indisputable evidence that His mission was accomplished. He had finished the work, and the Father approved, and the Father deemed Him worthy. Because He did that, the Father raised Him from the dead and honored Him with that unique authority. Because of those scars, we know the mission was completed. We know what He did was approved of God. And by that authority, we close with this, two things under that authority. He conditioned His disciples. And then He commissioned His disciples. Now, many of you here today love the Lord. I know you do. You're walking with God. Now, if you're not right with God in a little bit, we're going to lovingly give you an opportunity to make it right. To come and pray. No matter what you've done, the blood of Jesus is greater than any depth of sin, any depth of wickedness. If you are willing to give your life to Him, He is willing to forgive you regardless of what you've done. We're going to do that in a second. But let me get back to the believers. I know a lot of believers are here today. And he takes the scars and they speak. He's a Christ of authority. And those scars, with those scars, he speaks a word that conditions and commissions his disciples. They can, he conditions their consecration and their devotion to him. He says, see my scars? To this measure I obeyed the will of the Father. To this measure... I gave my very best that you might have life. You see these scars? I didn't take the easy route. I gave my very best. I didn't pay for someone else to do it. I didn't send an angel. I did it myself. Now you serve the Father with such a consecration. Now you serve God with your very best. Now that you have met Him, I expect of you that same type of devotion in your service to Him. And He conditions He says, don't allow all that I've done to go wasted. But imitate me in your willingness to serve the Father with all your might and with all your strength. Scars, he conditioned their service. And with those scars, he commissioned their service. Because he's got a name above every name, he was able to say in Matthew's Gospel, all power and authority in heaven and earth, has been given unto me. Because I obeyed, the Father has bestowed. And now with that authority, I send you. And I commission you. 
Don't allow this, this glorious encounter you've had with the risen Christ. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell the world that needs to know this wonderful encounter of a Savior who died yet lives. A Savior that's willing to forgive and He's able to redeem. Don't let that die within your hearts. Tell your world and reach your world and go forth and shine your light and be my vessel and be my instrument that others might hear and others might receive just like you have. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people sitting where we once sat, living like we once lived. And they have not yet met the risen one. They don't know what it is to have true forgiveness. They don't know what it is to really know the living God and to be changed by that God. But you have been commissioned to tell the story and point men to the Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, what a God we serve. What a God we serve. Oh, the sermon of the scars. The sermon of the scars. The scars of the Savior. The sacrifice, His sacrifice for us. His victory on our behalf. Now as we come to this final part, it is our custom We don't just preach and do one of these and send you out. We hear from God and it's only right that we respond to what God's Word and God's Spirit speaks to us. So our custom as we say our final prayer and sing our final song, we call this the altar area. We open the altars. That if you would like prayer or you would like to come and have someone pray with you, we hold this time sacred to pray for people and believe God to touch them and minister to their lives. As we come to the final song, let me ask you, now listen, we've all fallen short. We've all missed the mark. It's part of the human condition, but do you feel like you failed or maybe you've fallen in your walk with God? Well, the resurrected Savior offers you forgiveness if you'll come and receive it. The scars of the Savior speak of God's willingness to forgive all that will come to Him. So maybe you're here today and you've never said yes to Christ. You're here today and you just know you failed. And you're not where you need to be and you need to make it right. Take this opportunity and get it right. Respond to the loving call and the compassionate invitation of God. Or maybe you're here today. You're walking with God your very best, but you feel like you're in a frightening place. Maybe the recent past hasn't been so good. Maybe the future is uncertain and you're not quite sure about things. Well, the resurrected Savior offers you both His presence and His peace. If you just come and talk with Him. Just come and give it to Jesus. Just come and let Jesus reassure you like He did the disciples that night that He's alive and He knows where you're at and He knows what you're going through and He's there to speak peace into your life and give you the help that you need. And last, if you're here and you just would like special prayer, maybe you got a bad report from the doctor, maybe there's something happening in your family and you would like some of the brethren just to believe God with you. I want you to know the presence of the risen Christ is among us. 
Come and let Him touch you. Come and bring your request to Him. Would you stand with me, please? As we close in prayer. When I say the amen to this prayer and the rest of the group begins to sing, if you're here and you need prayer or you want to pray, please just come down. If you've never received Jesus, don't leave this opportunity to respond to the love and the kindness of the Lord. Come to Him. He'll forgive you. He'll transform you. If you failed, it's time for a new beginning. If you're facing a fear, an uncertain future, it's time to come and have your faith encouraged and reassured. Father God, we love You. Jesus, we thank You that You are alive and Your love for us is strong. And I ask You, Lord Jesus, by Your mighty power, touch lives, cleanse lives, and grant new beginnings this morning. I pray, oh God, that You would fill people afresh. If there's someone here that's weary and they feel like they're, they're just going on fumes, that, oh Lord, as they look to Thee, As they draw near to thee, you'll fill them to overflowing. You'll impart a new strength in their life. We thank you, Jesus, for the scars you bore and still bear for us. We will forever give you praise and tell the story. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Let us sing with all of our hearts before we go. These altars are open. Come. Don't leave without touching God.